This show is not a substitute for professional counseling and no relationship is created between the show hosts or guests and any listener. If you feel you are in need of professional mental health and are a UA student, we encourage you to contact the UA Counseling Center at 348-3863. If you are not a UA student, please contact your respective county's crisis service hotline or their local mental health agency or insurance company. If it is an emergency situation, please call 911 or go to your nearest emergency room. Six o'clock and time again for Brain Matters, the official radio show of the UA Counseling Center. We are broadcasting from the campus of the University of Alabama. Good evening. My name is Dr. B.J. Gunther, and I'm the host of the show, along with my colleague and producer, Katherine Howell. In case you don't know, the show is about mental and physical health issues that affect college students, and in particular, UA students. So you can listen to us each Tuesday night at 6 p.m. on 90.7 FM, or you can listen online at wvuafm.ua.edu. You can also download the MyTuner radio app and just type in WVUAFM 90.7 and listen to us that way. Also, if you are listening and have any ideas for upcoming shows, please email those to me at brainmattersradio at wvuafm.ua.edu because this is only our second show for the spring semester. We don't do shows in the summer. Um, so we've got about 13, 12 or 13 shows to do this semester. And I've got some ideas. I've already got some confirmation for some shows, but we're always needing ideas. So if you haven't heard um, something that you might want to get us to talk about or some more information provided to you, please email those to me. It's brainmattersradio at wvuafm.ua.edu. And like I said, I'll consider using your show topic. We're, we've done just, a, I feel like in the, this is our 10th year. We're planning an anniversary show this semester because we've been doing this for 10 years now and I feel like at some point we would run out of topics and we haven't you know there's always trends in mental health that change and especially with college students is always changing and so sometimes we revisit um I guess common issues such as depression, anxiety, test anxiety, relationships, but there's always resources that we can talk about. And tonight is one of those resources that I'm not sure how many people, especially on campus, know about the Tuscaloosa Safe Center. It's a wonderful resource for our community. My guest is Brenda Maddox. Brenda is the executive director and the program director for Tuscaloosa Safe Center. Along with her is Shannon. Let me try your last name, Swalotsky. Mm -hmm. Shannon's an LMSW therapist with the Tuscaloosa Safe Center. Thank y'all for being on the show again. Yeah, thank you for having us. Um, tell the listeners, I already know a little bit about your credentials, but tell the listeners what each of your credentials are um, and why you're interested in this topic. Okay. Um, my background is gendered healthcare. I have a master's degree in nursing and in education. And um, I have spent the last 30 some years since the 1980s um, providing my main area of focus was um, women's health up until about the last decade or so. Um, now my focus is prevention and treatment of sexual violence in all genders. Shannon, how about you? Oh, I've been a social worker since 2003. I am new to Tuscaloosa Safe Center as of last July. Um, therapist obviously my focus is trauma i recently got trained in emdr which is super exciting yes 
I remember a time when in EMDR, we've done a, sh- a couple of shows about EMDR. Um, and I remember a time when nobody really knew what that was. And there weren't many people credentialed, especially in Tuscaloosa. In fact, my first guest who talked about it was Dr. I believe Dr. Nancy Rubin, I think. Um, and she was the only person I knew of who was doing it at the time. And now there's a lot more therapists who are credentialed in it. And it's pretty it's pretty phenomenal um, when you're trying to talk to somebody about EMDR. I always try to point them toward the research because they kind of look at you at first like, what is that? You know, um, but there's a lot of research about it now and it's it's credible. So it's a good thing, especially with trauma. Right. Y'all it's the number y'all one trauma treatment. Y'all can speak more about that than I can. Tell us about what the Tuscaloosa Safe Center is and how it came to fruition and how long it's been around. Brenda? Okay. Um, The Tuscaloosa Safe Center is a nonprofit healthcare agency. Um, We're focusing on eradicating sexual violence in West Alabama. I know that's a huge focus. but that's that's what we're here for um and we do this by providing medical treatment forensic exams case management advocacy um, follow-up medical care uh, therapy and public education regarding sexual violence in west alabama Um, we came into fruition when amanda fowler um, a a local advocacy activist here in the community found out that um, there were no sanes in this part of Alabama. Uh, A SANE is a sexual assault nurse examiner. There was no one who specialized in caring for patients who had been um, violated in this um, most horrific way. Mm -hmm. And she had a young daughter and she said, no, my kid's not gonna grow up in in a community that cannot take care of its own. And she set about with um, the university and with uh, DCH Health Systems, and they did a lot of footwork and put this nonprofit together. Um, They came to me, I um, had opened a facility in Dothan, Alabama, so they came for information um, and then lured me here. At that time, what year was that, Brenda? That was 2018. So they started, they incorporated in 2017, and we opened our doors November 1st of 2018. And at that time, how many saints were in Alabama? I'll say it that way. I hope I asked that right. Sure. Um, At that point in the state of Alabama, there were about five certified saints. Now, there were a few more that were practicing as saints, probably about a dozen, um, but certified that had actually gone through the credentialing um, and had set the um, international exam. There were about five of us. Were those professionals working strictly in a hospital setting at that time? Some were working in hospital settings. Some were working in um, standalone facilities like this one. Most were in affiliation with a um, domestic violence shelter also. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did my I did my practicum at the um, turning point at the time and at the shelter. And yeah, there was nothing like this, you know, back then. Um, It was just very um, elementary, I guess. There was just really nothing like this, nothing for um, victims. Right. But you mentioned, you know, I looked at your website, which is wonderful. And the website, I believe it's just www. Is it TuscaloosaSafeCenter.com? That's it. 
And a lot of the staff, most of the staff, it looked like to me, were medical or nursing. Yes. That is because we are a healthcare facility. And first and foremost, we are healthcare providers. Um, patients that come see us aren't sick, they're injured. Um, and if they are not injured to the, to the extent that they don't need a hospital, this setting is the best place for them to come. Because as nurses, we can work one-on-one -on -one with that patient. We don't have anyone else that is um, forcing us to um, split our attention you know, we just one nurse, one patient, mm -hmm. one advocate, and we can get the get the exam done um, a lot quicker and a lot more comfortable and with much more confidentiality. What is the can you talk about the criteria to be seen at the Tuscaloosa Safe Center? Sure. Um, we are we're open 24 seven, basically, um, and we see adult and adolescent patients, any gender, okay? So you have to be age 14 or up for us to see you. Um, children children are a different animal. Yeah. Um, you know, when you take a 14-year-old and, and that 14-year-old has an STI, a sexually transmitted infection, there could be a reason for that. Yeah. There's never going to be a good reason for a six-year-old to have a sexually transmitted infection. A lot of other agencies involved too with that. Absolutely, absolutely. So we will see 14 years and up. And we use 14 because in Alabama, the state of um, the age of majority for yes. medical consent is 14. So they can come to us without having a parent and we can still see them and we can provide care for them. Now. I said that we are confidential, but you have to take that with the uh, idea that if you're under 18, we still have to follow the laws of mandatory reporting. So we still have to, by law, report to DHR or law enforcement. Law enforcement. Mm -hmm. One or the other, um, or both. Um, we, we tend to... Um, cover both bases just so, to make so sure. If, so if some, if some, if an individual is 18 years old and they have a choice then not to report and, and they still won't be treated any differently. Absolutely. Got it. We ran, yeah, we ran into an issue where they changed the law about two years ago and they said that 18 year olds were under the age of uh, majority. And so we were running into an issue where we were having to tell these 18 year old um, students that we had to call basically call the law on them or, yes. you know, talk to DHR and their parents were going to be involved in all that. They wouldn't come in for services. So we met with the um, the writers of that law, everyone who signed that law, we, we got with them, we wrote them and said, you know, there was an unintended consequence with this and we are missing our 18 year olds now. They won't even come see us because we have to tell them that we're mandatory reporters. Um, they switched the law. Yeah, because too, you've got a lot of uh, university, that would totally right. wipe out the university students. 
Absolutely. What we were seeing was, you know, these students were afraid, you know, number one, they, um, they knew that their parents' response was going to be, you come home, you know, this happens, oh, yeah. you, you come home. And so they were losing their independence the minute they gained it. And they were just weren't willing to do that. So they weren't getting services. Wow. Shannon, you provide counseling. Yes, ma'am. For the, um, do you call them uh, patients, victims, clients? We say clients, so I never clients then for counseling. Clients are survivors. My survivors. people are not victims. <laughs> do you um, do you provide? Are there session limits for counseling? There technically there are. We were supposed to be originally, you know, we're grant funded. The original grants were crisis intervention, so they're like twelve weeks. Okay, well that's three months. Who's coming into therapy in three months and resolving an issue, especially one like sexual trauma? It's just not happening. So yes, but no. (laughs) What type of counseling do you provide? Oh, there's a lot. You mentioned EMDR. You mentioned EMDR. And you're getting Yes, that's new. I just completed that training last week. So I haven't actually started with any of my clients. Trauma-focused, narrative exposure, cognitive behavior, dialectic behavior, trauma, 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 100%. (laughs) Do you, um, do you have, how do I say this? Do you have an avenue in which to make a referral if some if you feel like someone needs a medication evaluation yeah i absolutely and i can't diagnose i have a, a masters i'm not clinical so i can't give diagnosis so if they needed something that way or needed a medication they would have to see someone else i'm strictly the therapy end of things is there a medical doctor who works with the tuscaloosa safe center i don't know if i saw that or not yeah, um, our medical director is Deanne Green. She is a local physician, very well respected. We love working with her. Um, because we are a nurse-run facility, we don't have to have a physician in here, and the physician does not have to do any part of the exam. Um, but I sit down at the very beginning when we open the doors. I sit down with Dr. Green, and we wrote all the policies and all of the medication procedures, and we follow those policies and procedures, and that's what allows us to function um, without a medical uh, physician here in the office. Uh, let's take a let's um, take a quick break, and then when we come back, I want to go through the actual process. Maybe with either one of you can answer what actually happens when you get the phone call. When you get a phone call, so hang on just a minute. We'll be right back. You're listening to Brain Matters on ninety point seven, the Capstone. WVUAFM, Tuscaloosa. This show is not a substitute for professional counseling and no relationship is created between the show hosts or guests and any listener. If you feel you are in need of professional mental health and are a UA student, we encourage you to contact the UA Counseling Center at 348-3863. If you are not a UA student, please contact your respective county's crisis service hotline or their local mental health agency or insurance company. If it is an emergency situation, please call 911 or go to your nearest emergency room. Hey, 
you're back listening to Brain Matters on 90.7 The Capstone. Tonight we're talking um, with Brenda Maddox. She's the executive director of the Tuscaloosa Safe Center. Some of you may not be aware that we have this wonderful resource here in Tuscaloosa. It's actually located near the campus of the University of Alabama. I'd say less than a mile, Um, maybe if I'm guessing correctly, and also uh, LMSW, that's Licensed Master Social Worker. (laughs) Sorry, I just lost it for a minute. It's been a long day. Um, Shannon Swalotsky, I hope I said that correct. I'm just going to butcher that name. Sorry. I've got a lot to do. (laughs) People do mine, too, because it's German and it has an E in there and nobody knows how to pronounce it. Um, Can you explain, when we went to the break i wanted to i tease everybody about explaining what happens when somebody calls somebody calls the tuscaloosa safe center number take it from there tell me what happens next okay so they call the tuscaloosa safe center hotline and if it's during the day monday through friday 8 30 to 4 30 um there's a good chance that a nurse will be here to do the exam already however if it's after hours we have to call one in. Um, so the, the answering service will answer the call and direct that call to the nurse that's on call. The nurse has one hour to show up here. She will call the patient back. She will get more information and then make arrangements to meet the patient here at the center. And I say patient because I'm a nurse. I know, and I say yeah. client just because that's a counselor thing, you know, but yeah. I don't know what everybody else says. Um, is there any kind of cost or anything? I guess I should ask that in the beginning. Oh, absolutely no cost associated with any of our services. So, um, How do people decide if Safe Center is right for them, I guess? Okay, one of the first things that we're going to ask them is a little bit of detail about what happened and give them four reporting options. So they have four ways to report what happened to them. One is a full report where we call law enforcement in, everyone sits down at the table, the patient tells the story, um, we take a full report. We'll take the patient back to the exam room. We'll do an exam. We'll collect evidence. We'll take pictures. We'll give medications to prevent sexually transmitted infections, to prevent unwanted pregnancy. Um, We will arrange for a follow-up appointment for that patient. We will arrange for um, therapy, if that's what they want, to get to meet our our counselor or if they want therapy through WGRC, we can help, you know, set that up also. And then um, in that process as well, when the nurse is coming to meet the client or patient here, we also have medical advocates that will be reached out to. It's up to the individual if they want them there, but the medical advocate is focused solely on how that person is doing. Do they need a break? Do they need to take a walk? Do they, because the nurse is focused on what the nurse is doing. So that gives the client patient, someone that's there solely for them to make sure they're doing okay in this process. Yeah, Brenda, you mentioned advocacy was a part of mm-hmm. the services you provide. Are these the is this the advocacy you were talking about, or is there more to that? What involves advocacy? Okay, um, part of it is coming out to sit with the patient during the exam to make sure that you know we're not rushing them. Um, nobody is um, doing anything that is going to cause the patient more trauma. Um, part of it is to help them afterwards if they need. Um, 
let's say the person took their keys to their car so they couldn't get away and threw them out in the middle of a field. You know, those key fobs are expensive. And if you don't want mommy and daddy to know what happened, you don't have any reason to tell them, well, I lost my keys, you know. So uh, Alabama Crime Victims Compensation will help pay for um, things that are lost, uh, help pay for medical bills if say the person is injured and and needs x-rays or something like that, they'll help pay for that. They'll help pay to get them out of an apartment and get their locks changed or anything like that. So our advocates can help with that. Um, We had one patient who could not even really focus on the therapy because she was so concerned about her own personal safety at home. Yes. As far as even, um, you know, she was an elderly woman. And she was afraid to even take a shower because she might slip and fall. So we procured bars for her shower. I mean, we'll we'll go whatever distance we have to go to make them feel safe to be able to participate in their recovery themselves. Um, Shannon, tell me, and, and I don't know if you can tell me this. What's what would you estimate the percentage? of individuals you see or who come to the Tuscaloosa Safe Center who make a full report? Ooh, I don't even know. Brenda said 74. (laughs) 74%. Wow. Okay. Brenda, I'm so impressed. (laughs) Well, that's, to me, I'm a little bit surprised that Mm -hmm. it's high Mm -hmm. like that because, you know, I've seen students sometimes first place they come Maybe they don't have a medical exam, but they come here for counseling shortly after an incident. And a lot of times they, they don't want to make a report. That's what their fear is for, for mm-hmm. whatever the reason. That's what their fear is, you know. So yeah. our that nurses are amazing yeah. at explaining the different processes and the different avenue. And great yes. thing about Alabama, there's no time frame. They can think about it. They're not going to hit a deadline where it's no longer relevant. And I it's think they're probably, do. they're probably relieved when they hear that, because I mm-hmm. think they think there's some kind of time limit. If I don't do this immediately, then it's going to pass. Right. And I think that that's why we see so many high reporting, because they come to us and they get support from the very second they pick up that phone and make contact with us. And we have um, probably, if you looked at it, I haven't done these numbers, but probably if you looked at it, about 50% will say, yeah, I want to report. And the other 50% will say, I don't want to report or I'm not sure yet. And then that other 25% will eventually say, yes, I do want to report after they've been supported through their exam, their follow-up, their counseling, you know, they suddenly feel strong enough that that's that's what they want to do. So they'll convert their Jane Doe to a full report because that's our second option is to report as a Jane Doe. Well, we do everything exactly the same, except we don't, um, we don't give their name to law enforcement. We will keep their kit on, on file at the police department so if they want to change their mind, it can go into a full report and then that kit can get sent to the crime lab. And I think once they understand that also, that helps them know that they're being supported and they can make a better decision, I guess. Right. Um, let's take an email question. We've already kind of answered this, but it's a little bit longer, so you may want to expand on it. Does Tuscaloosa Safe Center provide ongoing and extensive 
trauma counseling. So I guess we didn't answer. You said there's really no session limit. Um, with a licensed therapist, and if so, are there any costs involved or session limits, which you've already answered? If you do not provide this, do you refer patients to a licensed community provider for continued trauma counseling? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I imagine at some point, like again, I said, I just started July of 22. I'm building a new client base. I imagine at some point I'm going to have to start capping it. But right now I don't have a waiting list. I can get new clients in. So that's how I work with continuing past the initial 12 weeks. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, What about, you said your age range is 14 is the minimum up. And you mentioned an elderly Mm -hmm. patient. Our oldest patient, I believe, was 84. Wow. I'm a little thrown back by that. Uh, and you've already talked about confidential confidentiality for minors. Do their parents have to be informed? Uh, what's the percentage of minors do you get? Um, Guess the thing. Eighteen and under. Probably about fifteen to twenty percent. Does it ever become a problem about the parents? knowing or anything you know (laughs) accidentally knowing and then trying to get information from you guys i know we have that sometimes yeah yeah you know they're they're going to know because you know we have to let dhr know um law enforcement know and they are going to contact the parent um yeah sometimes we get parents that say you know it's my right to know this and yeah that's when we really encourage the parents and the child maybe to sit down with shannon and have a frank conversation that's when it gets tough sometimes doesn't it you know you have to do a lot of patient education parent education right yeah um do you ever run into individuals this is kind of a sticky subject but do you ever run into individuals who make false reports how's that how's that handled sure so I have some very strong feelings around <laughs> that question. My strong feelings are this, like legit two to 3% just made it up, two to three. That is the same percentage that makes up other crimes. It's not specific to sexual assault. And when you're talking two to 3%, it's so minuscule, like throw it out. We do have people who will come in to report a sexual assault and there wasn't a sexual assault. However, it is a layer of mental health. They believe it happened. It happened sometime in the past and they're confusing it with the present. So as far as people just coming in like, help, I've been sexually assaulted and not being a concern for the general population, just go ahead and don't worry. That's not a thing. <laughs> I know people wonder about that, though. That's why I threw yeah. that question yes, in because it, it is, it's a legitimate question because it, it, is. it does happen. It I, does. I get it that. does. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you addressed that. we have the benefit here. We believe everybody that comes in. It is not our role. It's not our job. It's not going to be a detriment to the people that come to us if we believe everything they tell us. You're not investigators. That's what I always say. I'm not investigators. I'm not an investigator. Uh, Let's take another quick break. And when we come back, we've got a couple of more email questions. If y'all are willing to take a few of those off the the cuff. Uh, You're listening to Brain Matters on 90.7 The Capstone. WVUA-FM, Tuscaloosa. 
This show is not a substitute for professional counseling and no relationship is created between the show hosts or guests and any listener. If you feel you are in need of professional mental health and are a UA student, we encourage you to contact the UA Counseling Center at 348-3863. If you are not a UA student, please contact your respective county's crisis service hotline or their local mental health agency or insurance company. If it is an emergency situation, please call 911 or go to your nearest emergency room. Listening to Brain Matters on 90.7 The Capstone. I'm BJ Gunther. We're talking tonight with Brenda Maddox and Shannon Swalotsky from the Tuscaloosa Safe Center. Um, and the Safe Center is a wonderful resource for individuals who have gone through some sexual assault. And I don't know, are there parameters? There's not parameters. Um, we talked about this with as far as the criteria, but there's not really parameters on what that means. If a person says they've been sexually assaulted, they are eligible for services. Uh, yes and no. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I knew that was going to blow so, up in my place. Um, 14 years of age, right? any gender, It it's supposed to have been an assault that occurred within the last three days. Okay. Now, that is because the state of Alabama has decided that you're going to get the best evidence within that three-day time frame. Now, we know research shows that that could be extended out to five days or even seven days or longer. Um, when the state of Alabama adopts a longer um, time frame, then we'll adopt a longer time frame. But currently, it's did the assault occur within the last three days, and did it occur in one of our nine counties? So the West Alabama Regional. region. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, so- if it. Within the last three days, is that what is comparable with other states? So some other states are still at three days, but most have adopted five days. Five days. Mm-hmm. Do you see us going that that way? Yeah, yeah. The national um, best practices clearly states now at least five to seven days. So eventually that'll happen. What about before the break? Um, I mentioned what can the UA community do? What else can staff members do, employees do, not just Greeks? Awareness. Awareness is the biggest thing. Um, You know, like when you introduced us, you said, you know, I don't know how many of you know. Right. um, Which breaks my heart because I want everyone to know. I want everyone to know that we're here, that we provide the services. It won't cost you a dime. It certainly won't cost you to call and ask if it's appropriate for you to be seen. Definitely. Um, Check out the website too. Absolutely. There's a lot on that website, a lot of information. Um, So that's, if I could wave a magic wand so that everyone knew that we were here, that would fix half of what is our problem. The other half is money to do more. Yes. To provide more awareness. Mm -hmm. Um, what else? What other resources? Do you have any books that you could suggest? Any apps? Any podcasts? Anything else that you could think of that would help publicize? Hmm. Did I put you on the spot? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually my last question to most, you know, most of my guests. Yeah. Most no, people I have a just, good idea. 
I would just tell people to talk about it. If you listen to this podcast, you hear about it, bring it up. Hey, this is what I heard. Take away the stigma of even just talking about it because the more people are talking about it, the more people are going to know this happens, the more people are going to know where you go to get help. And that's how we're going to stop it. But yeah, if you hear this, just share it. Share what we do. Share, hey, there's this cool place. I don't know if you knew. And it's not just for women. You said, <laughs> no, you said any gender. Any so I, think, I think a lot of people think that. I really do. They do. Um, we are headed up next week to um, speak at a military academy. 90% are men. That's right. And, and this is the talk we're going to be giving them about men's health. Not, you know, not just their health, but their sexual health. That's right. What man has ever gone to the doctor to talk about their sexual health? Women do it at least once a year. Right? Forced to. Exactly. <laughs> Just about. <laughs> well, have fun so, with that. Thank you. <laughs> it needs to be done, though. Listen, it does. I told you, Shannon, it would go by fast. It went by fast, didn't it? It did. Thank you so much for being on the show. And hopefully we can have you on the show again down the road. I try to have people on every couple of years at least we're still doing the show in a couple of years and um just just to educate people and to let people know about the resources in this community because um i, I don't know is there a place comparable in birmingham i'm sure there is mm -hmm. yeah there's a um rape crisis center in birmingham there's uh crisis services of north alabama in huntsville and then there's montgomery has uh, they all cover uh, certain regions. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So you yeah. said we're nine counties. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, thanks again for being on the show. And um, I really appreciate it. I want to make a few announcements before we go. I mentioned this before. Don't forget our shows are recorded and podcasted on the Apple podcast, audioboom.com and also voices.ua.edu. You can just type in brain matters and you'll find some of our past shows. You can also access the voices.ua.edu on our counseling center's website at counseling.ua.edu. I like to make um, announcements every once in a while about some of the services we provide. One of those services is QPR training. QPR training, QPR stands for question, persuade, and refer. Three steps anyone can learn to help prevent suicide. Do your part, and in two short hours, you can learn the warning signs for suicide and three simple skills of how to intervene and save someone's life who is suicidal. To sign up for our free QPR gatekeeper training for suicide prevention for your department, or you can sign up individually. And if you have questions about QPR, you can also contact the Counseling Center at 205-348-3863 because just like CPR, QPR is, a, is an emergency response to someone in crisis and can save lives. Thanks again. I like to always thank the people who've made the show possible. Um, our executive director here at the Counseling Center, Dr. Greg Vanderwall, Terry Siggers from the Office of Student Media, my production assistant, and my colleague, Catherine Howell, my other colleagues at the Counseling Center who are always so supportive, the WVUA staff who help us edit the show every week and my guest tonight Brenda Maddox and Shannon Swalotsky it's the last time I have to say your last name I'm sorry don't forget join us next week our show will be interesting this is a new topic for me emotional flatlining and we've got a guest who is an author of a book that is very fascinating so uh, if you get a chance tune us in next week thanks again for listening tonight good night Thank you.
This show is not intended as a substitute for professional counseling. Further, the views, opinions, and conclusions expressed by the show hosts or their guests are their own and not necessarily those of the University of Alabama, its officers, or trustees. Any views, opinions, or conclusions shared on the show do not create a relationship between the host or any guest and any listener, and such a relationship should never be inferred. If you feel you are in need of professional mental health and are a UA student, please contact the UA Counseling Center at 348-3863. If you are not a UA student, please contact your respective county's crisis service hotline or their local mental health agency or insurance company. If it is an emergency situation, please call 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.